0: Welcome to episode 252 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is an experienced leader in the digital analytics industry. She's led analytics and optimization at companies such as Adobe, the Apollo Group, and Google. She's also a frequent conference speaker, as well as a winner of Digital Analytics Writing Star in 2014, and Practitioner of the Year in 2015. So welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, Krista Seiden.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Krista, I really want to start by asking you a little bit about your involvement with analytics and optimization and how the two relate. So could you maybe tell us a little bit about how you got into that particular area?
1: You know, I kind of fell into the analytics field. I was at Adobe and my boss needed somebody to take over the monthly dashboarding. And it turned out that it was a PowerPoint dashboard that I had to email maybe 30 people every month to get data for. And I looked at this and I said, this is ridiculous. Like a lot of these metrics are coming from their web analytics tool at the time, which was Omniture. And so I went to the web analytics team and I said, hey, why don't you just teach me how to do this? Uh, That way I don't have to bother you every month. And that was kind of my first introduction to web analytics. And I ended up really liking it. And I ended up starting to dabble with other tools that were tangentially related to the analytics suite, which was at the time Target or Test and Target for Omniture. And then when I moved over to Google years later, uh, they had um, content experiments. And then I actually ended up building some internal testing tools and, and other things. But the relation of it all really is the underlying data. And I've always been a person who, you know, looks for those data insights in the analytics tool. And for me, it's almost like I can't really separate them. You know, I see something going wrong based on the data. And, you know, to me, that's an area of optimization. And so I want to immediately try to, you know, spin up a test or an experiment to be able to fix that or find a better way of doing something.
0: Right. Okay. And obviously the importance of analytics and optimization to companies such as sort of Adobe and Google is obviously very high. So presumably your your involvement in that was as much about the actual operation of the company as much as it was about the data?
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, what you're trying to do is is help improve the the business bottom line. So very much related to the overall success of the company.
0: Yes, exactly. Good. Okay. So Krista, can you share with us a career tip, one that the audience may not be aware of and perhaps should be?
1: It's one of the most important things that I've done throughout my career and really what I think helped me Get started and and become a little bit more well known within the analytics space was uh, finding informal mentors. So, you know, for example, I would actually, you know, Twitter stalk people and and find people that I admired or respected in the industry who I wanted to learn from. And, um, you know, maybe I hadn't had the chance to meet them yet, but I would follow them and I would read everything that they put out and I learned from them that way. And then later on, when I did have the chance to meet them, um, you know, not only did I have, you know, things to talk about, because I knew what was passionate, what they were passionate about, but, you know, I could relate and, and you know, express my gratitude for them helping to get my career off the ground. So I think finding those informal mentors is uh, so very important and something that people don't always think about. Because when we talk about mentorship, I think people often will think about, you know, more of a formal mentor, but they don't even have to know they're being a mentor to you for, you know, that you to be able to learn from someone.
0: I think you're right in terms of the fact that you can identify people that you feel provide the sort of the uh, view or the information that you're interested in and and, and follow them in that respect and use them as a, as a virtual mentor, as opposed to, as you say, being directly in contact with them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Krista, can you share with us your worst IT career moments and what you learned from that experience?
1: Yes. So I will never forget this one. Back when I was at Google, um, my first role at Google, I was building and and running an analytics and optimization team for what was then called the Enterprise Group. It's now the the G Suite and the Cloud Group, so all of the business lines that are helping to use Google products for businesses. And um, I was running an experiment that I was really excited about. It was just a CTA test on the main CTA on the Google Apps for Business uh, website, now the G Suite website. And they used to have a CTA that said, start free trial. And my gut said, well, I think free and trial might have like negative connotations. Let's go ahead and try something different. And so we tried a handful of CTAs and we ran a test and we found a winner that was incredible. It was over 20% increase in people actually starting a trial or signing up, um, you know, completely signing up to start that trial. So it was a huge win to the business. So I got really excited and I don't know if, you know, this happens in any of, uh, you know, your listeners' uh, companies, but at Google, when you send out an email, you know, saying like, oh, we found a winner, here's the results, or, you know, really any kind of win- uh, email wrapping up a project, everybody starts to reply saying, oh my gosh, congratulations, this is huge. And so I'd sent this email to hundred plus marketers and uh, engineers and all the people that I'd worked with throughout this organization. And you know, I was getting all of these congratulatory replies. And then in comes this one email from one of my uh, program managers on the engineering side. And he said, hey, you know, I was looking at the actual conversion data for this test and it looks like a lot of these trials are coming from the Philippines. Uh, and they're not actually converting to, to paid customers. Did you exclude the Philippines in this test? Or did you check for spam? And you know, it dawned on me that no, I hadn't. Um, and I had you know prematurely sent out this email congratulating myself and my team on this big win. And so we went back and we reanalyzed the data. And thankfully, we actually still found a winner. Um, it just was a different winner. Uh, it still was a very big winner, over 20%. Um, we ended up rerunning the test just to confirm, and we were much more stringent on, uh, you know, our analysis and, and our filtering. But I had to go back and, you know, tail between my legs, send out this email saying, like, "Oops, sorry, everyone. I told you it was this one thing, but actually, it's this other." And, you know, for me, and especially at that time in my career, uh, it was a very embarrassing moment to a lot of senior people at Google. So um, I will never forget that one.
0: I'm sure. Yes. So, what did you particularly learn from that? Is there anything you took away that you now do differently?
1: I always triple check my numbers now <laughs> before yes. I, uh, you know, I send out any sort of email uh, letting people know what the winner is, and you know, throughout the rest of my time on that team, I, you know, was very, very cautious of spam traffic and you know the regions that we were launching tests in and ensuring that we had it, you know, set up correctly to prevent anything like that happening again
0: yeah that makes sense definitely mm-hmm. um, so moving on to your career highlight could you perhaps tell us a little bit about that
1: there's been a few that really stand out but one of the ones that I like to tell people just because I, I find it funny when i back to Google again when I first joined Google and first joined this team uh, the G Suite team at Google My very first experiment that I ran, this was about three months into my Google career. I ran an experiment called the Simple Homepage Test. We called it the Shit Test for short, um, which wasn't my name. That actually came from our VP of Engineering. And it was a test that tried to simplify the homepage. Our VP of Engineering was very adamant that he, he loved the Dropbox homepage, which at the time was just a simple video and it called action. That's all it was. And he said, yeah. if they can have it this simple, we should too. We had, you know, a homepage that had a lot of information on it. And I had exactly enough test resources that quarter to run one test. And so what I did was I um, worked with my developers to create a few different variations. And I, I did this dead simple one that just had a video and a CTA. I did one that had a video, a couple of bullet points with a little bit more information in a CTA. And then I actually did a couple different variations of the homepage that we had at the time, reorganizing the information to be either more product centric or solution centric. So in, if you look at it in terms of an actual test, terrible test, because it did not control for all of the variables that you needed to control for. But with the limited resources, I was kind of just going all in. It was either better or it wasn't. Um, and I wasn't necessarily going to know, you know, what was the driving factor, but I'd have a winner. So we launched this test and I had actually put out a, a voting schema to the team beforehand, had everybody vote on which one they thought was going to win. And of course, the uh, the very simple one was the the leader because, you know, that was talked about a lot in the organization. Um, and the, the two that I had added in didn't get any votes, but those were, those were my votes. Right. Uh, <laughs> so we ran the test and it actually came back that, Both of the variations that I've added, the product-centric one and the solution-centric one killed it in comparison to everything else. Um, The product-centric one especially really uh, did very well. And so again, I I put together a results deck and I sent it out to the organization. And I found out a few weeks later via email, because I looked back through the chain, my test results had been sent up and up and up the chain all the way to Larry page and then down again to other areas. Um, and I found out because somebody in another organization reached out to me saying, Hey, my VP said that this was really great. And I wanted to learn how you did this. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, that was month three at Google. And I, I think I peaked because never again, did I have anything else that I did go all the way to right. Larry page. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so why do you think that, that happened? Why do you think you got those results?
1: Uh, You know, I think we were one of the first organizations at Google to do really serious testing on the marketing side. Of course, the engineering side has always been very, um, you know, data driven. They've tested, you know, hundreds of shades of blue. I'm sure you've heard those stories. But on the marketing side, it really wasn't very prominent. Um, And I was actually one of the first hires at Google that was ever a specialist in a marketing role. I was an analytics and optimization specialist. And prior to that, they really only hired generalist marketers. And so this this idea of focusing on these, these types of things wasn't really an, an ingrained idea at the time. But after that, other teams started to pick up on the idea and it became much more popular and they are doing a lot of it these
0: days. Yeah, I'm sure they are, exactly. They must have learned a lot.
1: It did end up, uh, you know, leading to a lot of additional resources coming to my team and helped me expand the team. So that was really great.
0: Yeah, that's a definite um, positive outcome for you, definitely.
1: hmm
0: Okay. Krista, can you tell us what excites you about the future of the industry and careers in IT in particular?
1: Especially in technical fields, you know, the possibilities really are endless. New technologies, new ways of doing things are constantly emerging. Uh, so even if you, you know, weren't completely caught up or you're behind in one area, You have the opportunity to very quickly become a skilled master of a new emerging technology or area. And I think that is, that is so unique within this field and with how quickly things change. You may have been the master of your field before, but somebody else can quickly emerge as the, you know, new prominent figure based on, you know, them just really spending the time and going hard and and learning this new area. So I think because there is such a wide range of opportunity that's that's what i think is so awesome about this the technology field in general and what really excites me because there's always going to be something down the road that you know i can jump on and really make my my thing just like i've done with kind of the analytics field in general
0: okay we may pick up on that in in the next set of questions so we'll, sure. we'll go into that now so and um, we're going to go into the reveal round and um, we're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think are you ready for this i am So what first attracted you to a career in IT?
1: You know, I kind of mentioned this earlier. Um, It was when I was at Adobe and I kind of fell into it, but I'll I'll go into a little more detail. So I I mentioned I was doing this PowerPoint dashboard, but um, I wanted to turn that around, not just pulling the web metrics myself, but also becoming more sophisticated with the actual dashboard. Um, And I ended up building this out in business objects and it was, you know, really snazzy looking dashboard there you could look back on different months of data and it was... This was many years ago at this point. So people hadn't really been used to this at, at the time. And, you know, all of the different dashboards around the different business units got sent to Sean Snu, the CEO of Adobe, every month. And he actually handpicked my dashboard as his favorite and told all of the other business units that they he wanted them to submit their dashboards in a similar format. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. And I had been able to nerd out on this dashboard. And, you know, that was something that really got me excited to continue doing things
0: like that. And what is the best career advice you've ever received?
1: My friend Evan, many years ago, pulled me aside at a conference and he said, hey, you need to write more. Uh, you're really talented. You know what you're doing in this field. You've written some, but y- you, know, you publish a blog post every other month or so. People need to get to know your work and you need to put it out there more. And I took his advice to heart and I started writing a lot more frequently and that is, you know, I, I credit that with my, um, you know, my success at even getting into Google, but then becoming the evangelist for Google Analytics, because I had built a following around the analytics material that I had written.
0: And what is the worst career advice you've ever received?
1: You know, this one pains me a little bit. Uh, I think it's, it's unfortunate. But as, as a woman, I have been told from time to time that I'm pushy or I'm bossy. I think those are characteristics that wouldn't, you know, necessarily be described of a man in the same position. I think I'm I'm very passionate about what I do. When I'm digging through the data and I, I find an answer, you know, I want to let people know. But I did have my a boss, my actual first boss at Google, pull me aside and tell me that you know the work I was doing was excellent. They had uh, really benefited from you know everything I was building. But she thought I needed to be a little bit more inclusive, a little bit less push you with my opinion or, you know, various things. And it just came across in a way where I felt very deflated um, after doing what everybody was recognizing as good work. And so I think, you know, what I took away from that was, I think it's not necessarily fair how people perceive you in the workplace, but don't change who you are and, you know, how you're doing things just to fit someone's idea of what you, you should be saying or doing.
0: Yes. That's good advice. If you were to begin your IT career again in today's world, what would you do?
1: You know, I studied economics and political science in college after initially starting as a molecular and cell biology major and and quickly deciding that chemistry wasn't my favorite class and and dropping (laughs) that crushed my, my parents' dreams of me being a doctor someday. But Econ has been somewhat applicable just in terms of, you know, the concepts you learn and and the the math that you have to take for that major. Political science was really my kind of fun major at the time. Uh, I guess I'm really nerdy if I'm saying that that was fun. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) you know, I I think if I could do it again today, I would probably major in business and minor in CS. I don't like coding. I can do it a little bit, but I wish I could do it more. I wish I understood it a little bit better. Um, and I think having having that as a minor would have really helped me to do more of what I'm doing today. I've had to learn everything on my own as it is.
0: And what career objectives are you currently focusing on?
1: You know, my focus has changed a lot in the last six months. So six, almost seven months ago now, I actually started my own analytics consulting business. And so I am extremely focused right now on growing and scaling my own business and it's a scary new world. I've never run a business before, but it's been really exciting thus far. It's going pretty well and I'm getting to work on really cool projects with clients. And so I'm I'm learning as I'm going, but that's definitely where my focus is at right now.
0: And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far?
1: I touched on it a little bit earlier writing, but also public speaking. I think just being out there and sharing your your thoughts and and your yep. you know really cool things that you've done, or uh, you know in my case, a lot of the really stupid things that I've done too, that people can learn from. Um, <laughs> you know, that's that's always a great way to you know put yourself out there and really benefit from the ecosystem and from from networking and and sure. you know, getting to know others in the industry.
0: I think it makes you relatable as well. Totally, that's the other big thing about it. Yeah. If
1: somebody's up on stage and they're only talking about all of you know their big wins, uh, and you know they kind of sound like a robot to me. Whereas if somebody's like, "Oh man, this one time I really screwed up," uh, yeah. I can relate <laughs> to that, and so I, I try to do that as well.
0: What do you do to keep your own career energized?
1: I think it's especially hard at the moment. With, you know, everything going on in the world and, and us not being able to go out and engage uh, as much as we used to. But one of the things that I've, I've done a lot of in the last many years is being out in the industry at conferences, speaking to people all over the world, networking with people all over the world. One of my very favorite analytics conferences is Super Week. It's in Hungary every year and it's about 200 of the Nerdiest, most passionate analytics people you will find on this planet who get together for almost a week together in this like remote location in Hungary, about two hours outside of Budapest <laughs> with almost nothing around, maybe one restaurant across the street. And really all, all you have to focus on is each other. Yeah. and the networking and enjoying each other's time and uh you know every conversation somewhat comes back to analytics in some way so i, I find that very fulfilling and i always come away from there very energized and, and ready to go back start the year with you know a lot of new ideas and things that i i want to continue to
0: learn and improve on and what do you do in your spare time away from technology
1: you know currently my uh my husband and i are redoing our yard so we, we live in the east bay uh, in California. And we we recently bought a house there and, and our yard is has become a little overgrown. So we're spending a lot of our free time right now doing yard work. And actually because we are in this shutdown at the moment where you know yeah. we actually can't leave our house, we've um, we've actually said that every day at four o'clock it's project hour. And so we're gonna go outside in our yard and, and start working on things. So right now we're we're building some retaining walls and we're gonna be putting up a new shed in our backyard. Um, wow! But other than that, we also have a seven-month-old <laughs> Mini Dachshund puppy, so we spend a lot of time playing with her too.
0: And Krista, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience?
1: My single biggest piece of advice is get hands-on. You know, if there are things that you want to learn or do, do it. Build it yourself. Volunteer to help. So I've volunteered over the years with nonprofit organizations to analyze their data, help them with optimization. You know, if your friend has a website, great. Get hands on with their data, build your own website, learn that way. I wrote the entire Google Tag Manager yep. Analytics Academy course based on my own blog and um, what you know I, I needed to know to be able to implement Google Tag Manager, you know, on that site and then scaled it up from there. But it was all based on hands-on experience. So I think, you know, get hands-on if you want to learn anything new and, and really become a master of that field.
0: Yes, that's great advice. Very good. Yeah. And Krista, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you?
1: Um, a couple of ways. I'm on Twitter at Krista Seiden. I have a blog where I write about analytics and optimization at KristaSeiden.com. And you can also get in touch with me through
0: my business at ksdigital.co. Krista, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Phil. This has been
0: really fun. Hi, Phil here again. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with today's guest. You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e and the number of the episode you've been listening to. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please make sure that you do so do you get episodes automatically downloaded to your device every Monday. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.